Hello, significant others, and welcome to season two of Think Significantly. I'm Melissa. And I am Pete. And I'm going to speak for the both of us when I say that we are glad to be back. It was a restorative hiatus, a time to refocus and recalibrate for a new season. And this season is going to be different from our inaugural season. Absolutely. So for starters, while we'll still be pushing our episodes on Tuesday mornings, we plan on publishing them every other month. Right. What this does for our listeners is give you all an opportunity to gnaw on what we've said and to think about extensions of beyond what we've said. Beyond the examples that, you know, we came up with. Beyond the connections that we make. Yeah. Our intention from the jump with this podcast was that it offer our listenership the ability to form your own connections about what we've said and extend beyond what we've shared with you on air. In the research realm, we call this having heuristic value, the potential to stimulate or encourage further thinking. So this season, we're going to give you a month's worth of podcasts and then give you a month to spin off on your own to discuss it with your own inner circles, your family members. Maybe you'll even start a cerebral tribe of your own with which to think big thanks and talk big talks, as I like to say. Yes, you do. The other thing that is different this season is we are going to be talking about a new theme every month. And if you know me for more than five seconds, you know there's nothing Melissa likes more than a theme. So get excited. Woot, woot. And the goal of having a theme is to provide you with enough content, enough fodder that is interrelated and builds on itself so that you have significant content to foster an environment that is ripe for discussion and worthy of your cerebral investment. Right. This is not coffee talk. The Cold War. Neither cold nor war. Discuss. Right. Correct. So now that we have those preliminaries out of the way, and we say one more time how glad that we are to be back with you all, let's talk about our first theme, shall we? We shall. The first theme which will be coming at you all January long, for lack of a better descriptor, is group dynamics. Now, I don't know what comes to your mind when you hear group dynamics, but I sure hope that it's something beyond forming, storming, norming, performing, adjoining. Which are Tuckman stages of group development, just in case you are ever on Jeopardy or get this question at Quizzo. Pete's already showing off and it's the beginning of season two. Yeah. We hope that you are like, Shaw, who doesn't love to talk about how we all influence each other? And to be clear, we're going to be talking about a very niche aspect of group dynamics. This month, we are going to focus on the company that we keep. Yeah, we thought that this would be a fantastic topic to start off with, given that you probably just spent some time with some people this past holiday season. But, but don't let that dissuade you from listening. You know, let, let it be known that we are going to be talking about the company that you keep. That is the company you choose. The people that you let in the wire. Influence you. And to kick off this season, we've pulled from the archive, folks. What you're about to listen to is the first episode that we ever recorded. It, it, it hasn't been released until now. And the topic is a dinner party. Who would you invite and why? Just for reference, we recorded this originally back in June of 2021. Right. It's been in the vault ever since, marinating. So mm. we hope that you enjoy it and they get excited about what we have in store for you this season. As just a little teaser, next week's episode will be on the Fab Five. That is the idea that you are the amalgamation of the five people that you spend the most time with. So without further ado, we bring you the very first episode that we ever recorded. Hello, everyone. In the era of the pandemic, virtual is the name of the game. 
We've experienced a sea change in how we interact and that includes dinner parties. Entertained together, but separately. So in light of that, I want to resurrect an age old icebreaker to discuss on tonight's podcast of Think Significantly. I'm Melissa, and I'm joined by my intrepid co-host, Pete. Hello. (laughs) Hello. So Pete, let me tee this up for you. Food, drink, friends, great conversation. A dinner party is, in the end, a simple and enduring combination of ingredients made unique by what the host and guests infuse the evening with. So let's talk tonight about the most basic ingredient of the good time, the people. If we were to have a dinner party virtually, who would be on your guest list? Who are you inviting to the party, Pete? And let me imbue this with a challenge because you know me. I, I do like I to ratchet things up a notch. Yes, yes. So I'm suggesting that we each pitch a few names and at the end decide which guests we are collectively inviting to our dinner party. Okay. So would okay. you like to go first, sir? I, I would love to go first. That way I know that my first guest will be, uh, you know, have first dibs. Oh, yeah. clever. Some strategy involved. In that's this. right. That's right. Well, and that's... speaking, yeah, speaking of strategy, oh. I just want to, I just want to throw out there that the thought process going into this for me is I want to have, like you said, the people that, that contribute to a well-rounded conversation, right? Okay. I don't, I don't want, you know, a bunch of similar points of view. I don't want a bunch of similar experiences. I want a, a varied group. So that's, that's how I approach this. And that's, you'll see that as we, as we go forward. So I love fur- this. Yes. Without further ado, my first guest, uh, the first person that I propose that we invite to this would be Theodore Roosevelt. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, I, 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 just so everyone's familiar, he's a, was a cowboy, a rancher, New York city police commissioner. He wrote 35 books, over 150,000 letters. He was an assistant secretary of the Navy. He was a rough rider. He was the governor of New York, vice president, and the president. And as the president, he worked to break up monopolies. He did the Meat Inspection and Pure Food and Drug Act, conservation of natural resources, won the Nobel Peace Prize, and uh, and pushed for the establishment of the Panama Canal. And I would argue um, probably the most... Uh, well-rounded figure in American history, as far as you know, military background, diplomatic background. Um, mm. Just he, he did all the things, and I would love to hear his opinion on the different topics that we come up with throughout the night. Oh, okay. Well, you know, he's the father of the National Park Service. I do know that. Credited for so, so I like him. Okay, okay. But I see you're a Teddy Roosevelt. Okay. Raise you one Benjamin Franklin. Oh, very nice. Very right? nice. Patron Saint, the same ilk, yeah. Yeah, patron saint of Philadelphia. No offense to Rocky Balboa, mm-hmm. right? We got Franklin. He's a founding father, inventor, postmaster scientist, civic activist, diplomat, right? Totally a major figure in the American Enlightenment. Uh, what's he known for? Lightning rod, bifocals, the Franklin stove. Right. He's part of a whole bunch of civic organizations like the Library Company. Uh, our Philadelphia's first fire department and the University of Pennsylvania. And let me tell you why I want to invite him. Okay. So in 1727, 
Ben Franklin forms a group called the Junto. This was a self-improvement club. Mm -hmm. It met weekly for several decades and it was organized largely around the discussion of 13 virtues that were identified by Franklin. How, how, <laughs> how, how convenient, how convenient. <laughs> so, so some of these included like resolution, industry, justice, temperance, silence. I wonder what that party was like, but, <laughs> but, but these are making a comeback. And that's, that's why I want to bring them back because I want to know about this, like Ben Franklin circle. That's like, about improving ourselves and improving our world. So he needs to come to our dinner. Sure. Yeah, right. no, I, I see it. Totally see that. Okay, cool. Your turn. Okay. So following up those two, so I, 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 I'm going to bounce around here. I've got, you know, Roosevelt, who's my, my politician military figure. Okay. Um, my next guest that I want to invite is Muhammad Ali. Um, Ooh, love, love. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Suffered from uh, dyslexia. Yes. Um, started training for boxing at 12, won Olympic gold at 18, mm -hmm. uh, converted to Islam in 61. Yes. Uh, had a major upset to beat Sonny Liston for the heavyweight title in 64. Um, just to like, just to sum up quickly, had just so much social activism around his, after his conversion, you know, the name change, which he suffered a lot of backlash for, um, and then his getting drafted for the Vietnam War, which he uh, fought against, was actually arrested and was stripped of his titles and lost four years of, in his prime of his professional career um, while he tried to get that resolved uh, and ended up getting the uh, conviction turned over by the Supreme Court. Um, okay. As a result of his outspoken, his outspoken nature about the Vietnam War, he was monitored by the NSA, the FBI, um, he had a, a unique and captivating speaking, uh, uh, style. He was the first boxer really to speak for himself instead of letting his manager speak, uh, still considered, uh, despite losing that four years of, of service, he was still considered the best boxer in history. Um, he's got two Grammy nominations as a musician and is in, in some circles considered the first rapper. He did like a spoken word album. And no then idea. like a, yeah, and me either. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is new information for me. Um, wow. He's got two autobiographies. He did some, some acting. Um, his wow. charities fed over 22 million people worldwide. Love. Uh, he was the fig, single biggest donor to the United Negro College Fund mm -hmm. at one point. Mm -hmm. um, participated in efforts for, for Native American and Palestinian rights, Rwandan refugees and many others. Uh, he was sent by the United States government to uh, try to petition African nations to boycott the 1980 Olympics and was largely unsuccessful. But that was because of, you know, America's position, not because he failed, I don't think. Sure. Um, and then uh, surprisingly endorsed Ronald Reagan in 1984 for his reelection. Okay. Um, which was kind of, you know, I, I like the fact that he's not, you're not able to stovepipe him really in any one spot. Mm -hmm. And then in, uh, in 1990, negotiated the release of American prisoners from Iraq and, uh, and was actually criticized by the, by the United States government for doing so. So, so I want the, I love the, the athlete, right. The, yeah. the, uh, the physical uh, accomplishment. Yeah. And I love the, uh, the social activity and, mm -hmm. um, and then the, the diplomatic uh, things he was able to accomplish. 
uh, that's just like that, that level of experience is stunning to me. I'm sold. I was like, when are we getting to the part where he is the first fighter to win the world heavyweight championship on three separate occasions? But yes, yes, I guess yes. everyone knows that Ali, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. By the way, I've been to his house as a Jersey boy. You'll appreciate this. I've mm-hmm. been to his house in Cherry Hill and okay. it has a lot of uh, photos of him in, in his, in his glory days uh, doing the, the fighting part. And they're just like magnificent. It's just oh, so yeah. shots. Yes. Awesome. Very cool. Okay. All right. Hey, so, so, so you're up now. Who's your, who's your second person? Okay. My second person is Hunter S. Thompson, founder oh. of journalism. One of oh. the most fascinating figures of the 20th century. That is good. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. So uh, Gonzo, for those of you who don't know, uh, well, besides being a Muppet, right? Uh, <laughs> the, the term came about when he was covering the 1968 New Hampshire primary, and he met up with a fellow writer and editor, Bill Cardoso. Um, Bill, at the time, was the editor of the Boston Globe Sunday Magazine, and he was he's the first person to use the word gonzo. And, and I love how, like, every time you read about him, they're like, well, it meant sort of crazy or off the wall. And I'm like, as opposed to? So what happens is two years later is Thompson... Uh, writes an article entitled the Kentucky Derby is decadent and depraved and this is like a game-changing moment in journalism because it's offbeat a little bit manic right written with first-person subjectivity and journalists like went bazonkers uh, including Cardoso. Cardoso sends a letter to Thompson that said something to the effect of forget all the bleep that you've been writing this is it this is pure gonzo and uh, Thompson ran with the word. Uh, he used it himself for the first time a year later when he wrote Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, which let me remind everyone was a book before it was a movie starring, who was in it? Johnny Depp. There you go. Well done. So that's my guy. That's my guy. <laughs> that's a great choice. I, 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 I am ashamed to say that, that Hunter did not even enter my mind. That was, that's, that's embarrassing. That's okay. You have so, so many greats. There's only that's, so much room at the party, right? That's right. That's right. And I've got you to fill in the gap. So that's great. There you go. We're a team. That's right. Okay. Okay. Next up. Yes. I've got Salvador Dali. Ooh, so good. Yeah. yeah. Probably, probably the most famous surrealist painter. Yeah. Um, in his, in his history, he worked in, in painting, sculpture, theater, fashion, photography. He wrote a novel. He worked in architecture. Mm. He attempted film. I mean, the guy did everything that you could artistically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he was eccentric, which, you know, you need that at a party. You need somebody to, to kind of be out there a little bit. Yeah. Uh, not only like his personal life was certainly outside the norm, but his appearance and behavior were, were unique. Yeah. Um, he started uh, politically. He was a, started as a communist, an anti-monarchist and an anti-cleric. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and then went through a, a bit of a conversion where he promoted Catholicism and the monarchy. And in 75, he went so far as to say he's against freedom. He's for the Holy Inquisition, which, as we both know, with artist types, was probably an overstatement to get a little bit of attention. But still, right. he said it. Um, shock value there. Yeah. yeah and, and, and before he died, he claimed that he was always an anarchist and a monarchist, which I'm not sure. I would love to know how those two things uh, coexist. But uh, I think that his his... Um, kind of outlandish, uh, outside the box look at things would be, uh, would certainly generate some some conversation. You know, anything anything that he would bring to to a topic would uh, probably 
catch people uh, sideways a little bit. Yeah, and and paint by numbers is all the rage now as we're still locked down a year later. So, yeah, <laughs> right. awesome. I love this uh, anarchist monarchist thing. Like, is this like some let me cake? Shit? Like, I'm wondering. I, yeah, I I don't know. That's like like I'm saying. That's that's like how do those two things exist? At this, like, like I, I want chaos, but I want a king to oversee the chaos. I'm not sure. Yeah, I might add this to my LinkedIn profile. Okay, cool. <laughs> awesome. Very cool. Okay. Love it. Yes. Yes. You're up. Number three. Okay. Uh, my next dinner guest uh, that I proposed to you, Amelia Earhart. I had. Oh, to nice. But, but for clarity's sake, I don't want to invite Amelia Earhart. I want to invite Amelia Earhart's ghost, and that is because I want to know what happened over the Pacific Ocean. Of course. Okay. Amelia Earhart, fucking badass, right? First woman to travel across the Atlantic by plane, the second person and the first woman to fly solo nonstop across the Atlantic. Before mm -hmm. that, only Lindbergh had done it, right? But then here mm -hmm. she comes around. She proves herself equal to the task. She was in that damn plane for 14 hours and 56 minutes, right? She had a mess of winds. She had some mechanical issues. She finally makes it to a pasture in Northern Ireland. She, as we know, right, she flies solo halfway across the Pacific, right? She's the first pilot to fly alone from Honolulu, Hawaii to Oakland, California. And then she met her fateful, fateful death, uh, 1937. She attempted to fly around the globe with one crew member, Fred Noonan. She had gone 22,000 miles. She had only seven to go. And she and Fred disappeared. Uh, and it took them two years to legally declare her dead. And I want to know what happened. What happened, Amelia? Yeah. So I want her ghost to come to dinner. That's that would be fantastic. I don't have any. Uh, I'm not recommending any Sears or anything, but I'm sure we can make that work somehow. <laughs> awesome. That would be yeah. De definitely her. Like like two big mysteries. Her and DB Cooper. I want to know both of those. Ooh. But he's not invited. Like I don't. I don't need a thief running around the house. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay next i've got looking at who i've brought already i'm like what what do i need like what am i missing in these people Ooh, i love this like there's something there's something that there's a point of view that i'm not covering here and okay. i need a i need a conservative i need i need somebody to to like argue counterpoints to to some of the things that we're going to talk about uh okay go and, ahead and i need i i'm looking at condoleezza rice who Condi? Yeah. I want her just uh, if she's coming, we gotta have a piano. That's what I. That's the first note I've got here. She's an accomplished pianist. He is. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Cool. She was a she was a Democrat until eighty two. Worked in the Carter administration as an intern. Uh huh. Um, switched to to be a Republican in eighty two. Had a had an academic career at Stanford as a professor and the provost. Okay. Um, moved was an advisor to George H W Bush on Russia. Right. A special uh, special assistant to the Joint Chiefs on nuclear policy. Yeah. Um, has served on multiple boards of directors for huge companies. Yeah. Was on the commission for uh, gender integrated training for the Army. Love. Uh, then she became the national security advisor for George W. Bush. Mm -hmm. And and of course, was eventually the secretary of state. And I and I think part of what I want to get her in there about and, and have her kind of weigh in on was, you know, I, I like people that um, obviously she's intelligent, she's accomplished, multi, multi-discipline, right? Just so many interests and, and is good at so much stuff. Mm -hmm. But I like, I like when there's things that, um, that don't impress me um, or, or that maybe are, can be seen in the negative column. Okay. And, 
and uh, you know her support for the Iraq War is one that I'd like to to have her expound on, and um, her role in the approval of waterboarding as a policy for the CIA is uh, something I think that would be worth discussing, especially with Roosevelt over over dinner, like. Uh, well, you know, maybe, maybe over dessert. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We don't want to run her off, right? No, no, no. Of course. We're not challenging her. I just want to hear her, you know, justify, <laughs> you know, what were you thinking? That was, you know, days of making you talk Gandhi. Yes. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We'll waterboard you to get you to hear your I thoughts on waterboarding. Say, right. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. love all like we have to have a conservative after you just basically sold me on Ali is like this like closet conservative and like I, I, I just said he was unable to be stovepiped I don't think he's really conservative well we don't know we don't know that's true that's true that's true yeah for sure yeah we don't know all right okay what you got what's next Quentin Jerome Tarantino film director screenwriter producer actor right this is why I love Quentin ready because mm -hmm. his work is dripping with symbolism like I could go on, this is an entire episode unto itself. Let me give you two, two things, okay? The pawn shop in Pulp Fiction, all the clocks are set to 420. Mm -hmm. One of the names carved into the bat carried by the bear in Inglorious Bastards is Anne Frank. Mm. Okay, but wait, this is why I super like him. And you will, yeah, because you know me so well, you're gonna know that this is impresses me. He, he claims that he likes to leave 20% of the movie unseen, right? So like, this is like, he doesn't show us what's in the suitcase in Pulp Fiction. Right. And he does this so the movie is really yours because oftentimes the movie just tells you everything. It, it, it with the music, the, the, the way they do the cinematography, it like makes you think what it wants to think. Mm -hmm. And I like when there's room for interpretation. Uh, also, also I would be, uh, remiss if I did not mention that he writes two types of scripts he writes one called movie movie and then he writes one called realer than real world okay so okay. they're just they're just two different things so um he has said that those films under the movie movie genre are unrealistic while the likes of like a pulp fiction reservoir dogs are categorized under that realer than real world um, also, if you pay attention and you know his work, you see a lot of the same props. Mm -hmm. um, like the suit bought in Jackie Brown is the same one that Mia Wallace is wearing in Pulp Fiction. Ah. And mm. he said that when he gets to the age of 60, he is going to retire from filmmaking and focus on novel and film literature writing. And I happen to know that he's a March baby. He's a 63 guy. Okay. So on his birthday, he's going to be close to 60. Yeah, 58, so there you right? Go. Yeah. Um, yeah, he'll be, uh, he'll be 58. So I look forward to what Tarantino has to do in his next chapter. And I'm hoping he can come to dinner and share it with us. And, and you know, uh, and you didn't really mention it because everyone knows Quentin, I would hope, like at mm -hmm. least a little bit. Mm -hmm. Super opinionated, not afraid to talk about it. So a perfect guest for a dinner party. Truly, that's right. Uh, I don't know if you know this. He got into a fight with a taxi driver one time who had insulted his girlfriend, and the taxi driver bit his nipple. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hell of a fight. And uh, he almost lost it, but he said that the uh, taxi driver was too greedy. He had taken too big of a bite. Had he taken a smaller <laughs> bite, he would have taken the whole damn thing off. So I just, but I just want to share that with him. That kind of analysis is invaluable. 
Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Get our significant others to to know this about Tarantino and only stare at his chest from here on out. <laughs> That's right. Just try to imagine which nipple might be missing. Well, we can we can we can talk about this at dinner when he comes. That's right. Out. That's right. He'd probably show us. No one, Quentin. He would just. Uh, he probably you know. will lead with it. Knowing yeah. Him. Right. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> we have a hard job here, right? That's we do. Yeah. We figure out who we're inviting to dinner. Yeah, because okay. we like. Yeah, how many how many places are we setting? Because that's that's a good list. That's a hard that's hard to pare that down. I know. Let's make it difficult on ourselves because okay. I would have been no other way. Okay. <laughs> so what do we have? Eight between us? Yes. Let's say we can invite five. Oof. Outside okay. of ourselves, of course, because okay. we're right. Because we're right, we're hosting, sure. Yeah. Um who who's your topic from your list? Can I ask? Teddy. I mean Theodore. Sorry, he doesn't like people calling him Teddy. So Ooh. Theodore Roosevelt. Okay. All right, Teddy. Okay. I mean, Theodore. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Mr. President. Right. Okay. I, I can get on board with him. Yeah. Let me, let me make a place setting for him. Okay. okay. Roosevelt's coming. That's Perfect. One. Perfect. All right. So, so how about you with all the people we talked about? Yeah. Oh, well, can I, I would like, if I have to take one from my list, I just want to talk to Hunter S. Thompson. I just do. No. Yeah. I think that's a fantastic, like that, as soon as you said that, I was, I, was, I think I was he's sold. just going to bring yeah. some spark to this, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, cool. And I think, I think he, as an eccentric and as a, uh, I, like, I think he is a better choice than Dali is for my list for that, like that niche kind of uh, eccentric role. I love that pick. Okay. I love it. Okay. Like a creative, like yeah. the guy, that's our fill. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We got like the politician. Or well, you'd call. Well, how would you categorize Roosevelt? Would, are you thinking he's a conservative? Like a. I, I, I'm leaning like yeah. He's he's so like man of the world, yeah. right? He's so Renaissance man yeah. that I don't know where he fits. Like that's he's the one that I've like he's the first one I put down, and then everyone else just kind of rotated around him because because yeah. I could make him whatever I wanted him to be. He can be the military, you know. If I say that Rice is that that Condoleezza Rice is my politician, then then Roosevelt sure. can be my military guy. Yeah, you know, it's just it's he he fills any role that that and that's what I love about him. That's what I that's what I admire and, and would love to like dig into is how he just goes in any direction and is successful and 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 just does it like becomes that. He's your son, and everything else is. Yes, yes. Everyone else is rotating around him. Yes, got it. Love it. Okay, I'm I'm sold. He he's coming. All right, cool. Okay, so so, so Roosevelt and and Hunter. Yeah. Um, why don't you Why don't you go next? We'll snake the We'll snake the final. Uh... Well, I feel like I went with Hunter, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying you can you can pick uh, the the next person too. Well, I want Muhammad Ali for sure because I just yeah that I'm pretty set on that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. All right. So we got yeah. And I want uh, uh and well and uh not that this was my plan but I want Earhart's ghost there. Do you really? I I love that. She was she, she she made my short list. She just you know four was a little too short. Oh, okay then. Okay, good. I to mean, know. she's a, she's an aviator and she's amazing. So why wouldn't I like? Right. I'd love to talk to her about flying for a bit. Yeah, but you know she's a smoker, right? I'm gonna That's tell fine. her back That's porch. Fine. Yeah, right. Cigars. Oh, I hope. Yeah. No, she's cigarettes. Like, oh, really? That's oh, gross. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe in the, in the pre post-life, maybe it's like ghosts where she can't get to them in the vending machine. Yeah. If you're a ghost, they're all menthols. Yeah. Right. 
<laughs> okay, so we have one more spot. Yes, yes, one more spot. Hmm. And who do we who do we have out there to choose from right now? We've got uh, Condoleezza. We've got yeah. Dali. We've got Franklin. Yeah. Um, who am I missing? Quentin. Right. Oh yeah. Quentin and uh, yeah, that's what I got. You you can pick. You can pick. Man, that's a big responsibility. Think about who we already have. Like, I love this. How, like you pitched in the beginning, you're like, our strength is in our diversity. Yeah, right. it really is. Right, we're trying to right. round this out. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. I, I like, I like Rice. I like Franklin though a lot. Like, I think, I, I you know, I don't think uh, you can have too many well-rounded people in there. You know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, his just his like him and Roosevelt are very comparable in that Renaissance man kind of do everything right? kind of way, but where Ted uh, was more um, action oriented, let's say like, mm-hmm. like uh, military service, police work, um, um, you know, politics, Franklin was more innovator and um, scientist even. Sure. You know, inventor. Um I- I'm going to argue that he like defined the American ethos, right? He's all yes. about practical values like thrift, hard work, community spirit, self-governing institutions. Yeah. And I, and I'd like to hear him talk about uh, him wanting the Turkey as the national bird. <laughs> I, out of all the things he could talk about. We'd be yeah, like, well, you know, that's, you know, Turkey. yeah. Just, all right. So yeah. Franklin, our guy. I think so. Yeah. I think Franklin is the winner. Wow. So cool. So Roosevelt, Hunter Thompson, Ali, Earhart's ghost. And we got Ben Franklin rounding this out. That is a phenomenal dinner party, I think. We should be so lucky. We just, now, you know what, Pete? The real problem is it's not uh-huh. us fighting them, right? I love how we think we're in this power chair here, right? Right, right, right. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we didn't, <laughs> I, I don't know if this is telling about our current times or not, but none of these people are alive. <laughs> so I don't think they have much on their social calendar. Got it. You, you never know these days. You never know. <laughs> you you don't. Right. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure that being uh, deceased, they are all COVID negative. So it would actually, yeah, right. Right. It, it would actually be safe to have them in the house. Okay. Perfect. This is yeah. well done then. We were, we were <laughs> just fine dead people. Good. Excellent. How, like how sad is it that I think of both our lists, we only had one person or two people that were alive, Quentin and Condoleezza Rice. Yeah, we'll um, we'll we'll have them. We'll shore them up for a, for like a brunch soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll yeah. tell tell Quentin we've got something to pitch him and <laughs> love it. <laughs> see see what he does. See what he has to say. Yeah, well, so fantastic. I I I think uh, I am thoroughly impressed with your picks. Girl, same. I yeah. think I think we've got this. Uh, I think we've come up with an excellent excellent uh, like talking late late into the night about just whatever happens to come across our brains and that's fantastic that's the best kind of party very cool now we just got to plan the menu oh that's your that's all you that's that's me that's <laughs> cool. cool awesome all right are you prepared to uh take us out to uh to wrap this up yeah uh i think we can we can step away from this and ask our significant others um who would you invite Oh, I'd love to hear this. Yes. Who, who are your people? Who, mm-hmm. you know, who are your top four? 
you know, throw them out there at us. We can get us at Twitter and on Instagram, uh, both at, uh, in both areas, we are at think sig pod. That's T H I N K S I G P O D. Um, you know, follow us on there, uh, and leave us your thoughts. Tell us where you think we could have done better, uh, where you, if you had somebody in our group that you would replace and, uh, and your rationale and, uh, and yeah, throw who you think would be out there and we'll, we'll check them out and, uh, you know, continue the discussion, continue to, yeah, to think significantly. Awesome. Cool. All right. Thanks everyone. Have a great night. (laughs) 